Good morning, my name's Steve. Thank you so much for joining us today. A couple of weeks ago, Josh Davies introduced us to the book of Philippians. And over the next few weeks on a Sunday, we're going to look at this great New Testament letter. It gave us some great context and an overview. So if you have missed it, do catch up on our YouTube channel. It's a letter written in lockdown. Paul was in prison. Now this morning, we're going to start our series by looking at the first five verses. So let's read them together in Philippians 1, 1 to 5. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. I just want to highlight this morning just a few things from these verses. Verse 1 starts with Paul and Timothy. See the letter starts with Paul signing his name at the beginning. This was a normal in the first century. He tells them who he is. Ten years ago Paul had planted the church and since then the church had gone from strength to strength. Yet Paul was not a lone ranger. He was not an empire builder. He also includes Timothy in his initial greeting to the church. He was younger Timothy. He'd been a minister in training, yet they were a team. He was valued and the church at Philippi knew and appreciated him. Soon Timothy would be making them another visit. There's such importance in team. Paul and Timothy had their strengths and weaknesses, but they complemented one another. They had issues, but they worked them together. They were partners. I'm thrilled that in Jubilee, Dan Fryer leads an amazing team. And being part of a team so important, church must be like that. Paul was an incredible preacher, a church planter, a pioneer into new regions and nations. He spoke to thousands, wrote amazing, powerful letters. And here he introduced himself, not as a mighty, powerful, apostolic, prophetic bishop, Sir Paul. He calls himself a servant. The word servant here means a slave. He chose this word to express the view which he and Timothy shared, that he had no independence and rights of his own, but belonged to each other in Christ. He was humble. He was a servant. True leadership lays down their life. True leadership doesn't command people to respect or make people serve the vision of leadership, but rather lays down life for the sheep, serves and loves them. The true leader demonstrated hospitality, shows and demonstrated love for those he serves. Paul was a slave to Christ, loved and obeyed Jesus. As a result, it was in that leading of others that he demonstrated. Do you know that's why people find it confusing sometimes when they come to Jubilee, when somebody pours them a coffee or says hello to them, and then suddenly they see them in a role in the church of leadership. They're surprised. I want that confusion to continue. Because as leadership, we should be humble and lay our lives down together. In verse 2, Paul says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul wants the Philippians to know God's grace and peace. These are two aspects of the good news that are so important to us of the gospel. You'll never know true peace in your life without experiencing the grace of God. Grace is receiving something we don't deserve mercy, love, compassion and forgiveness from God through Jesus. 
It is a gift from God. It cannot be earned or deserved. No matter what you've done or how good you are, you can't do anything. But because God is a holy God, he's a fair job. He can't choose to ignore the wrong things we've done wrong, no matter how much he loves us. There is a price to be paid for doing wrong. That's what the Bible calls sin. But grace is about Jesus Christ choosing to take our place before God the judge and accepting the punishment that is ours. His mission on earth was to rescue us through living a perfect life and dying a perfect death on a cross, paying the debts we owe to God for our sin. And because of Jesus, we can now stand legally and fully forgiven before our holy God, knowing peace and a clear conscience. The message of God's grace divides the real Christian faith from other religions, philosophies and worldviews. The Bible tells us we cannot earn our salvation. It's a free gift from God available for all those who turn to Jesus. It also tells us that we live by grace each day. Each day we take as a gift from a holy, merciful, loving God. Amazing grace that gives you peace that can only come from God. Then in verse 3, Paul says this, I thank. Do you know, Paul was so thankful for his church. He loved and appreciated them. He was not flattering them, but was telling them the truth. In verse 7, which we have not read, it says, All of you who will share in God's grace with me. See, he was thankful. They had something in common. God's grace. I'm sure that there would have been conflicts at times, differing opinions, and some of these may not have been resolved. But there were no chips on their shoulders or unforgiveness. His thoughts about the church were positive. He was thankful. Their fellowship had been real. Their friendship is yours. Are you rooted in other people's lives in Jubilee? Are you just attending by watching videos? Or are you involved? Join our midweek growth groups. Do you know this church enjoyed sharing together, being together? At the moment, we can't do that physically, but we can all be connected during the week. We can ring each other. We can love one another. See, it was God's grace that helped them work together. The thankfulness that they had for one another. I wonder, are you grateful today? Do you give thanks for your brothers and sisters? In this season of being apart, do you know I'm more grateful for the church than ever? Grateful for Jubilee, grateful for you. Paul was thankful. Who were some of the members of the church? Well, over there was Lydia, a wealthy businesswoman who made her fortune by selling purple cloth. She was rich, upper class. But then there was a slave girl. We don't know her name. She was demented, degraded and demonised. She lived in the gutter and sold her body to make an income. Yet she came to know Jesus. She was a woman from the slums. There was also the jailer. He was on the brink of committing suicide before Paul talked him out of it. He lived his life on the knife edge because of his responsibility resting on his shoulders. He was a decent bloke, a family man earning a good wage. Three different characters that had all experienced God's grace. You know, it's such a joy in Jubilee to have people from so many different backgrounds. In Jubilee, we are so grateful and thankful for you and for everyone, whatever your past experience or background we're building a diverse church people from different walks of life different stories different cultures all are to be celebrated and given thanks for what a joy and verse three it says i remember you you know paul is happy as he remembers his time spent in their city of philippi with the church paul was in prison writing this letter but he's joyful 
See, when he thinks of the people, it delights him. Are you the kind of Christian that brings joy when people think about you? In Philippi, Paul had been arrested, put on court on false charges, severely flogged, thrown into prison. Yet through that suffering, the jailer comes to know Jesus. Paul uses Paul's suffering to bring somebody to know him. See, Paul looks back and he knew God was in control. He is even able to, even being in the prison again, to see heaven's perspective than rather wallow in self-pity. Are you able to do that? Are you able to do that even in this season, if times you may feel like you're in a prison? You may feel closed in, restricted, but you can lift your head this morning to God rather than look down at your circumstances. You know, things might not change physically, but internally you can know joy and peace like Paul. Verse four, he says, I pray for you. See, the proof is actually that he really cares about them is that he prays for them always with joy. Paul knows prayer is the answer for the success of the church. You would think knowing his circumstances, he'd be better off praying just for himself to get out of prison. Of course, he was probably doing that just as well. Yet he had time to pray for these people miles away. Are you praying for God's people? Are you praying with thanks? Why don't you join us again on Zoom tonight as we pray, not just for ourselves, but more importantly for others. Because we will lift our gaze to God and pray for the nations. Then look at verse 5. It says we are partners in the gospel. Financially, they supported Paul in the ministry and financially they'd helped the Jerusalem church when they needed it, when they had great need. Do you know the giving to the work of the gospel demonstrated their partnership and your partnership? See, if you're part of Jubilee Church, that is demonstrated, I know, in your giving because we need partnership. We need support as we serve our wider family of regions beyond around the world. We have this offering for our global work. Do you know, I'm thrilled that at Jubilee, we've been given some of that finance to support us at this difficult time. People across the world are partnering with us as we serve the most vulnerable in our city. Isn't that amazing? Amazing that someone living in a tin shack in Lesotho is praying for Hull and giving finance to help us. Wow. Do you know, let us demonstrate our partnership by giving and praying as well. I'm thrilled to hear of all that God is doing in these difficult days of people are partnering together, praying for one another. We're calling one another. We're being strengthened in our growth groups. We're giving sacrificially. We're serving our communities. Let us be like Paul, continue to be thankful and full of joy for one another and his church. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this story of Paul. Paul, who was there in prison, and yet in prison he was full of joy. He knew the grace of God. He prayed for others. He had an eternal perspective, even in his lockdown. And we pray, help us today, whether we're sitting by ourselves or with somebody we know or love. Lord, we pray, help us to be looking to you. And let us be those who pray with joy, are thankful for one another in these days. In Jesus' name. Amen.